Hey, this is a Colts Overtime Podcast recapping the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. Good to be with you. I'm Matt Taylor on the Colts Audio Network, Colts.com. Rick Venturi is along as well, and we are hitting the record button on this podcast, Rick, at 11.54 on Thursday night. The NFL draft round number one just concluded. We just got done doing our radio updates inside the Colts radio studio. So take another uh, a shot of coffee and, and whatever you got over there in that cup, and let's talk draft for another 10, 12 minutes here. You up for it? Yeah, I mean, you've kept me up so far past my <laughs> bedtime. It, do- it doesn't matter. Come we can on, go, dude. We, we can go right to Kilroy's <laughs> hey, yeah. at this yeah. point. By the way, we are going to be at Kilroy's <laughs> you, tomorrow. Good plug. You 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 push the envelope there. <laughs> no, I. You know what? I I thought there was a lot of action because a lot of crazy trading. I mean, we've this wide receiver thing has just been absolutely nuts. Indeed. You know, from the beginning of free agency to now to tonight, just absolutely crazy. Uh, but I don't think that there was a ton of surprises. And I, and I don't think that's a bad thing because, you know, I think with one exception, and that is Smith, the tackle from Tulsa, mm-hmm. I don't think that there's anything that I expected to be on the board that isn't there for tomorrow. Now, we still, you know, we have to get through 10 picks, but Smith is the only guy that I legitimately thought, you know, may be there at that left, at a need position, at that left tackle position. The wide receivers... I you know I had hoped Dotson, but it was wishful thinking. I you know I I all I thought they were going to be gone. We weren't we weren't that big on an edge rusher. We just got a fifty five <laughs> sack guy, you know. So <laughs> right, right. you know but the Gakwe. wide receiver, you know the left tackles again. Uh, I thought four, and it was five. So we we did lose one possibility there, and again the rest of the guys I think for tomorrow there's a good core of wide receivers. The tight ends, which is an undervalued position, will be there. You know, I think I, I think they'll be there. And then there'll be other good players, depending on what the Colts want to do. Um, you know, I, I know that they're always willing to go down. I'm not a big go-down guy. Trade back, you mean. I, I'm not yeah. a trade back guy. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you know, you do what you do. I just think that any time that you, you trade down, I mean, you rank your players for a reason – and the more you go down, you you lose that effect exponentially. Myself, and again, to me, the wide, there's a good core of wide receivers there, and obviously, to me, as much as we've done well, we've we've improved the defense. You know, within Gawkway's 55 sacks, you know, and Gilmore and a new defensive staff. You know, we got a guy in there can pull the trigger that can play quarterback. To me, the only thing that I see lacking on this team is explosiveness and dynamic passing game. You know, and and really that I, you know, Allie Cox, Granson, I think you can get by with them at tight end, left tackle. We have to see, but we we've always known the left tackles don't grow on trees, and you know if Raymond doesn't sit there at forty two, you don't you don't have much to choose. So, to me, and I said this going into the draft. There is no excuse to not come out of there with explosive wide receivers in yeah. this draft. 
Still a handful of guys left, you know, certainly there that qualify as being considered to take it at 42. All right, let's go back to the top of the draft, which seems like forever ago as uh, we, we taped this after the uh, first round concluded. Jacksonville, Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. Detroit, Aiden Hutchinson. Houston, Derek Stingley out of LSU. The Jets go Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. The Giants, Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end out of Oregon. So the first five picks of the draft, all defense. Um, two of those picks very much indirectly affect the Colts with Jacksonville and Walker and the Texans with Stingley. What did you make of all defense at the top of the draft? Only the second time that's happened where you have all defensive players um, in the first round or the first five picks. Only the only other time that's happened since uh, 1991. What did you make of that order and those players in the top five? Well, you know, I mean, I mean, those are, those are five elite players with Great tape and with great metrics. So it, the, the, there's no real big surprise. So you have no. Uh, there, you there have was nothing over Walker and the, over Hutchinson. I, I would say that's you know there there was a dispute. Yeah, Hutchinson versus Walker. You got Hutchinson, who's a good athlete with great production, great motor, great finish. You can make that case, but at the same time. You have Walker, who has sensational metrics and good tape. You you know who who has metrics like Miles Garrett, um, you know, or Von Miller. I mean, if you look at his, that, I mean, it's sensational. So, the fact that you would take Walker, I would have probably taken Walker over Hutchison. Hutchison doesn't have the big length, uh, and then Thibodeau going five. You know, he may be the sleeper of them all. He's got as much talent as all of them. Uh, probably the, I, I, if you, if you want to say controversial one, the one that, uh, you know, got a lot of ruffles up, you know, was, was Stingley over Gardner. And I, I wouldn't have done that. I think they're both elite talent guys. You're talking about four, three, eight on Stingley, four, four, one on sauce and sauce is six foot four. Okay. I thought that sauce's body of work at Cincinnati over a whole career was better than Stingley's, but to Stingley's defense, part of that was injury. He's only played 10 games the last two years. If you look at 19 and Stingley, you're looking at one of the best corners ever to come out. So, I mean, they rolled the dice on that. They just had a better feel, and that's that's what happens up there. I wouldn't have done it. Like I said, I would have taken Gardner. But you're talking about five elite yeah. guys. All right, we had six wide receivers go in the first round. That's one short of the all-time record set back in 2004. Drake London, Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, his former teammate Chris Olave in the Buckeyes program as well, Jamison Williams out of Alabama, Jahan Dotson, who you love out of Penn State, Traylon Burks, who goes to the Tennessee Titans. We'll talk about that and and how that happened here in just a second. But um, those moves and, and those selections obviously impact the Colts because, again, as you as you say, wide receiver, clearly the biggest need, in your opinion, uh, where they sit right now at 42 going into Friday's second round. But of that group, when you look at the top six receivers in the draft class compared to everybody else that's left on the board at wide receiver. We talked about this on radio earlier tonight, but just for the sake of this audience on the podcast, how big of a drop-off is it between those six and the rest of the receivers that are still available? Well, you know, it it, 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 it kind of depends. I think that, to me, there were three guys that were clearly, to me, in a blue-chip class. 
Okay, and this is because of speed, performance, and everything else. And that was Wilson, that was Olave, and that was Williams. Now, Williams, Despite the I injury. would be worried about mm-hmm. simply because of the ACL. But you're talking about three game breakers that have done it in the big time, in, in the Big Ten, in the Southeast Conference. Amazingly, that Williams was in the same room and on the team with right, Olave right. and Wilson. Uh, when you get to the other guys, to me, then there isn't as big a drop-off. It depends on what you want. You know, in London, you have a big 50-50 receiver who is a handful that way, but I don't I don't think he's necessarily a gifted route runner, nor is he real fast. Burks is a kind of a one-on-one um, facsimile of A.J. Brown, not quite as fast as A.J., big physical guy, polarizing some people at 4.55 wouldn't take him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and I would probably put Dotson up there with the first three. Just That's just me. I you just, love Dotson. I just, I just, all, all he does is score touchdowns. And so then when you get to Pickens and Pierce and Watson and Shakir, Vellis Jones and all these guys in that next tier, Sky Moore, I'm, I'm not sure after that top four that there is that much difference. It, again, it, it goes down to style. If you want a big vertical guy that can take the top off the defense, it's a little bit like London, but faster, that's Pierce. Yeah. If you want a guy that is uh, kind of under the radar, that's a game changer, can play the slot, Wildcat outside, that's Shakir out of Boise State. I don't I don't know that there's any difference. And he, he's like a 4-3-1, so it's not like, it, you know, it, he's like Olave and, and very much like Wilson. So, I mean, I think that group, to answer your question, is really not that far behind. Now, if you go to 73, you're going to – the lower you go to get a guy, that's, the prob- bigger the drop that, that's probably one tool less. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Also, with receiver, uh, to double back on something we alluded to, what a crazy night inside the AFC South. Again, indirectly affecting the Colts. The Titans trade A.J. Brown to the Eagles, and they took the Eagles pick at number 18. Tennessee drafts Traylon Burks. Rick, that's a monster move that impacts the Colts because A.J. Brown, he's been a Colts killer and you know was demanding a new contract, was holding out, wasn't showing up to offseason workout program down there in Tennessee. Uh, reports are tonight he gets already an extension with the Philadelphia Eagles worth $100 million, 57 of that guaranteed. Uh, what, what did you make of this move, and, and what, what does this say for you know John Robinson, Mike Vrabel? Hey, we're not going to deal with this because we can go to get a guy that will eventually give a similar production on a rookie contract. Yeah, first of all, I, I think the thing that the elephant in the room here is I don't think they value him like we do. Okay, I don't think that because there was no doubt he was out of there. Now they gained economically tonight. There, there's no doubt yeah, about that. They I mean, won the salary. Yeah, cap they won on the this. salary cap deal. They got a, a rookie contract, and on the surface, you have a guy who is very much like AJ Brown, physical guy, breaks tackles, right. not the most, not the fastest guy in the world. But you know what? They haven't gotten any better. It's a one for now. Don't get me wrong. There's some other draft picks, so they've got they've got some things that they can accomplish. But the one for one at this point, you have a proven coke killer against a rookie that has to prove something. Right, right. 
All right, let's go to offensive tackle. There were five offensive tackles off the board tonight in round number one. Iki Akonwu, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, Trevor Penning. I'll ask you the same question uh, that I asked you on wide receiver as it relates to offensive tackle. Those five guys, because uh, tackle is certainly something that's that's you know the Colts might be targeting here in the second round or third round. How big of a drop off is there between those five and the next crop available for the Colts at forty two? Well, you know that's a really good question, and and I think with the first three. Um, you know, North Carolina State and Neil from Alabama mm-hmm. and uh, Cross, you know, I, I think they are clearly elite blue chip guys. I mean, they got they have it all. They have the size, the nastiness, the metrics. I think you could have drawn a little bit of a line and then you have Penning from uh, northern Iowa mm-hmm. who has, you know, all I forgot the, about Tyler Smith, all, by the way, all the tools in the world. Yeah. And then. I think the guy that was right with him, and he, and he did, and he did get drafted, right? You know, I, I, I thought he was right with him, and I was hoping he would be in our cluster at 42, and that's Smith out of Tulsa. I really right. did like him. He went to the Cowboys. Uh, and, and the other four were projected number ones all the way, from the beginning to the end. Tyler Smith was not, but he ended up, and that does affect us. That That's, I, I would say, of all the things I thought about going in, that's the one thing that has affected me a little bit at 42. That's it. But again, all five of those guys, and again, that is a premier position. I've gone through it before. You know, top it's a top three volume position in the National Football League in terms of, of high draft picks mm-hmm. is left tackle. And all those guys are left tackles. I mean, they all can protect the blind side. The thing I like about Smitty, and I think Smitty's a bit of a riser. I think he was a little under the radar. Yeah. I mean, he was a you know he's three twenty four. Yeah. And he's a banger and still athletic. Not a lot of people saw him two, in the first two round. Two guys, you know, we talked about receivers and going to the Pierces and that. Two guys still on the board. I think Raymond. I mean, I think he's a guy you think about at forty two. I think after that it's Lucas, but to me that's another line. Lucas out of Washington State, so I I, I think that that it's like always those guys don't go, grow on trees. Mm-hmm. So you know the, the the Pickens is always slim there. All right, you talked about the the draft and how it it for the most part tonight made sense to you. Any head scratchers to you tonight? Well, strange is a bit of a head scratch for the Patriots, just simply because I didn't put as much time into him. I don't know that much about him, but. Just from what everybody else sounds, it certainly looks like a head scratcher. But uh, you know, for the rest of it, not really. Every every single guy has a legitimate reason, uh, you, you know, to be in that first round. All right, that's Cole Strange. He was drafted 29th to the Patriots after they traded back a few spots. He's out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, Chattanooga, and in fact, he becomes the first ever player from that university drafted in the first round. All right, let's talk about, you know, because it's, it's hard to talk about the draft when, there, when there's so much uncertainty for the Colts. That's the backdrop in all of this, as they said, in the second round without a first-round pick for the third time in four years. Your best players available in the second round for the Colts, and even when I say that, they still have 10 picks to go yeah. in the second round. Well, again, and, and you look for that cluster that's going to be there, and you know, let's say that in that cluster there's a lot of equal numbers, because if if, if one guy is a 6'5", and another guy's a 5'9", you've got to take the 6'5". Yeah. 
I would say that, No matter the position. Yeah, I would say at this point, of our needs, the wide receiver position is still very, very strong. I, I Again, Pierce, I really like. Pickens, I like. Watson is there. I don't like him as much as those guys, mm-hmm. but I like him. I love Shakir. I love Danny Gray. Uh, you know, you got Sky Moore, Mechie, who's injured but good. I mean, there's a lot of those guys. Then at left tackle, to me, there's one. Okay, that's Raymond. Yeah. Okay, that's Raymond. Is, is he your dream scenario tomorrow for the Colts? No, because I would rather have a wide receiver. <laughs> I mean, I, my my dream scenario is we take a wide receiver third and we take a wide receiver fourth. Who, who is that guy out of wide receiver then? I would probably be Pierce. Okay. Pierce. If I could go home, if I could take Pierce and Shakir and walk out of there, and 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 everybody's listening right now saying, what the hell is he talking about? I'd be happy as hell. Right. All right, we'll see what happens. Get this guy a pillow. Tomorrow we're doing it all over again, and we're taking our show on the road. We're going to be at Kilroy's in Broad Ripple, so we're putting you in the uh, – and your element there with the fans. You're going to be stacking the deck, signing autographs the entire night. Absolutely. That's uh, been a long time, but boy, in those 80s and 90s, I wore that strip out. Absolutely. So that is uh, our overtime podcast, kind of our quick synopsis of the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft, how it impacted the Colts as they sit there in the second round. We'll be at Kilroy's tomorrow for the Colts draft party, so come out and join us. There's going to be giveaways. We're going to have drink specials. We'll have our alumni player out there, Joe Wrights, the former offensive lineman. He's going to be there hobnobbing, signing autographs. Our broadcast will start at 6.30. We're going to do the last word there tomorrow, 6.30 to 7 at Kilroy's, and then draft coverage on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, our flagship station in Indianapolis, that will start at 7. We'll have updates throughout the night periodically, just as we did on Thursday night in the first round of the draft. So for Rick Venturi, I'm Matt Taylor, Casey Vallier, with us all night long on the ones and twos we appreciate you listening to this episode of overtime we'll do it again i guess it would be today later on today <laughs> because on it today. is uh, as we sit here it's 12 12 on a uh, on a friday morning so later on today we'll have another overtime podcast uh recapping actual colts picks what happened in the second round and the third round of the NFL draft. Thanks for listening on the Colts Audio Network, Colts.com, and the Colts mobile app. We'll talk to you soon.